Welcome to episode number 68 of the Road to Cinema podcast, featuring director and screenwriter Xavier Giannoli of the new film Margaret, which is currently playing in select theaters in New York and Los Angeles, and expanding to cities nationwide. You can learn more by visiting cohenmedia.net. Winner of multiple César French Academy Awards, Margaret is set in Paris during the 1920s, telling the story of Margaret Dumont, a wealthy woman and a lover of music and the opera. She loves to sing for her friends, although she's not a great singer. Both her friends and her husband have kept this fantasy alive, and the problem begins to descend as she makes her very first public performance in front of a large audience. We'll talk to director and screenwriter Xavier Giannoli about his experience adapting the story of Florence Foster Jenkins, which was based on a real-life American woman. And we'll also discuss many of his inspirations as a filmmaker, which include John Huston and Martin Scorsese. For more information on the Road to Cinema podcast, to read the Road to Cinema blog, and to watch our Road to Cinema YouTube series, please visit jogroadproductions.com. And don't forget, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel, Jog Road Productions, like us on Facebook, Jog Road Productions, follow us on Instagram, Jog Road Productions, and follow us on Twitter, at Jog Road. And don't forget to write us a nice review on the iTunes podcast page under the Road to Cinema podcast. And now we join director and screenwriter Xavier Giannoli as he discusses his new film, Margaret. And if you'd like to know more information about where you can see Margaret, please visit the website, cohenmedia.net. Well, first, what really inspired you about Florence that you thought there was a story there to make a film about? Oh, um, you know, I did not want to, to direct a biopic. I've, I've heard about this uh, story 10 years ago. I was listening to radio, the French radio, and I heard a voice, the, re- the famous record of Francis Jenkins, The Queen of the Night, where you can imagine that someone is struggling, strangling the Mozart Baroque, you know? <laughs> and so it was very funny to hear this voice, and I decided to make an in, an, a kind of investigation as a journalist on this character. So that's how I uh, uh, heard talk about Professor Jenkins, and um, immediately um, I decided that I don't want to make a biopic. That's not what an artist is for me. Uh, I I prefer to think about it as a painter. There is something that touched me, uh, moved me, thinking about Professor Jenkins, but the real story was not enough for me. So I decided that I'm going to keep what moves me in the, in the real story and to try to, to write more than this and to touch the her of what this character was, the, the aspiration to beauty and all this, this stuff, you know. But, uh, Definitely, I did not want to, to direct a biopic, so I decided to adapt, to make an adaptation, and uh, to, to, to invite Professor Jenkins in Paris during the 20s. What were some of uh, the initial elements that really moved you emotionally about her story? Uh, 
she did not know that she was completely off key in front of a huge audience, a crowd laughing at her. So it was the beginning for a very good story. And, um, you know, I know that you did, you know, the, the story was, you know, originally in the United States, but, um, you know, aside from those emotional elements, was there any research that you had done that you felt that you needed to really capture uh, the sense of the story? Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, can you t- uh, repeat that? It, it was difficult to understand. I'm sorry. Oh, um, was there any, um, any research that you felt that was really um, essential when writing the screenplay? Uh, yes, uh, the most important. Oh, it was, you know, I was thinking about this woman singing off-key in front of a crowd at Carnegie Hall. And immediately, I, I don't know why, I was thinking about uh, the, uh, the absurd uh, poet during the 20s, the surrealistic, the Dadaist, you know. I was thinking about Florence Jenkins as uh, uh, a performance I hope it's the same word in English, you know, an artist, when an artist is making a performance, you know, in a museum, you know. And I was thinking about Marcel Duchamp, for example, uh, pretending that uh, a urinoir, a fountain, where you pissed in, is a piece of art, you know. It was almost the same period in history of art that the 20s, it was a little bit before Marcel Duchamp, but uh, uh, for me the 20s was interesting because during the 20s in the history of art, even in the United States, then Germany or in France, that's a moment where all the lines are moving about what is beauty and what is ugly. And, uh, and all that with a lot of humor and provocation. So I don't know why it, uh, there were a connection, an evident connection with all that. And I know too that I was thinking about the David Lynch uh, film, of course, uh, Elephant Man, where the, the, the ugly face is the beauty at the end of the film. And for me, I was thinking about not Elephant Man, but Elephant Voice. And even if the voice is ugly, at the end, you can feel that there is a kind of beauty in this voice. Uh, I was curious when collaborating with uh, Catherine Frott, who played Margaret in the film, um, what was her interpretation of the character? It's a very beautiful performance. Oh, she won the French Oscar for this part, you know, one week ago, and uh, and I was very moved, of course, because she she she, she was saying to the, the 
journalist that for her Marguerite was a kind of life achievement, you know, so it moved me a lot, of course. Um, I was curious from a filmmaking perspective, how do you initially collaborate with um, your cinematographer, your production designers? Um, do you have a particular way that you like to uh, prepare a film? Um, the, the, the most important for me was to, to stay away from all the cliché about the 20s. There is many films uh, during the 20s, for example, the Woody Allen film in Paris, you know, and immediately it's the know the Charleston and and, uh, and the famous artists during the 20s and all that and I was trying to find to invent a world uh, that nobody has filmed uh, already you know uh, something original from, and the first thing I was thinking about with my cinematographer was about the color I told him we can't make the film in black and white but I don't know what uh, I want to start to think about the film from the black and white and I told him okay there is there is a let's think about the very classical painters like Inge for example and I want a beautiful uh, portrait I don't know the name uh, when you paint someone what's the name in it? Uh, a, a portrait or? a portrait that's yes. the same one so I was thinking about a very classical portrait with something crazy in it and uh, I told him, let's try to have not too many colors, but only one color, a red. You know, let's imagine uh, something very simple with a red thing, a crazy thing inside a very classical and elegant portrait. But I want the audience to feel that there is something crazy, even if it's at the first look, it looks very uh, classical. And that, that was the, the story all the story with the cinematographer after that uh, I was uh, talking about a lot of references because most of of my references are American cinema you know and my my DOP my cinematographer lives in Los Angeles he's a guy from he's Flemish you know from Belgica and uh, he told me I have an idea maybe we can use lenses from the 50 in, uh, in Los Angeles so he went in Panavision you know the people who rent the camera and he found very old lenses from the 50, real cinemascope lenses. So there is a kind of beauty of Hollywood beauty, you know, in this kind of lenses, the way you can feel the space and the color. And there is something strange, you know, what we call in France a flare. I don't know if it's the same thing in English. When, when, when the camera is passing by your light, there is like a cloud of light around, you know, and so there is something very realistic and very crazy too, and uh, that's what I was looking for. Yeah. Uh, I was wondering what uh, filmmakers or films have uh, most inspired you, and some of the ones that may have uh, have a connection to Margaret. I know you mentioned uh, the Elephant Man before. Oh, uh, the, my influences. Oh, there is so many films, but for this film, I think that of course Sunset Boulevard by Billy Wilder was very important for me, and all the Billy Wilder's films. Uh, because there is something uh, about tenderness and cruelty. And uh, I think that Marguerite gets something of tenderness and cruelty. Uh, after that, there is, of course, um, oh, there is so many things, but... Sometimes uh, I was thinking about A Woman Under the Influence by John Casavides, you know. Uh, brilliant but film. In, yeah, of course. Uh, 
sorry, it's masterpiece, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to look pretentious, you know. It's, it's way, of course, when you are a female girl, you are thinking about masterpieces, you know, of course. Uh, and uh, I was thinking about the, the problem of love in the Casavides film. This woman that everybody is, is thinking that she's completely crazy, but she just needs love and attention. Of course, there is a connection with Marguerite. And um, there is a very, very, very famous French director, Marcel Ophuls. Uh, he directed Madame Deux, for example. He was Kubrick's favorite director. Oh, yes, I've, uh, I saw, I think, I believe I saw that film. Uh, Max, Max Ophuls, is that right? Exactly. Yes. And I, Madame Deux was very important for me. You know? And that, that's strange because I saw uh, a, a, on, on a DVD, a pretty on DVD, that Paul Thomas Anderson was uh, uh, presenting uh, a No Fuels film as a master for him. And I have a lot of admiration for Paul Thomas Anderson. And, and it, it was funny to, to, to have this connection. Oh, yeah. I remember he, um, I remember watching that same Criterion disc. He mentioned that he was uh, influenced in, I think, Boogie Nights and in Magnolia, uh, a lot of the shots that Max Ophuls has used. Exactly. Yeah. He was a master of the camera, Max Ophuls. Example, all the beginning of White Shirt, you know, your, uh, the, the Kubrick film. Of course, you are thinking about Max Ophuls, because I love. Uh, for, very important. That's what the film is about. Opera. Uh, we are talking about Kubrick and Ophuls. Uh, for me, it's very important that the movie must be uh, something very spectacular, as an opera. Uh, it, there is something about tiny little things about intimacy of a woman her, but there is something about uh, uh, something spectacular for the camera you know and uh, a spectacle a show you know the show of our life and uh, for me it's important to, to keep this uh, I was wondering um, for you how important is editing a film um, do you do you take that process uh, very seriously when you're going to edit the film and sort of determine you know sculpting it differently I, I draw everything you know yeah uh, and, and i'm thinking about the editing all the time uh because for me cinema is the language of course and uh, uh, um, most of my work as director is when i'm i'm sitting on the table and i and i and i draw all the scenes all the time uh, and to, to find the rhythm to find the, the tension between two frames you know and uh, I'm thinking about the editing all the time. And for example, I love when there is a, oh, it's very technical, um, when there is two things at the same time. Uh, montage parallel, parallel, parallel editing, I don't know. Oh yes, uh, cross-cutting uh, parallel. Yeah. Cross-cutting. <laughs> <laughs> or intercutting. But, you know, and I saw that, uh, for example, in the Francis Ford Coppola film, uh, even Eisenstein film, and... Uh, and we were talking about Anderson, of course, there is this kind of things too. And I love this, this, uh, this kind of editing uh, because it's only cinema feeling. You can do that only in cinema. And, uh, and I like it very much. Yeah, no, I think that's what, um, what stands out from film as, com as compared to you know, novels or stage plays or any other format. You, know, you can create these montages and they create feeling and emotion. And this kind of montage needs music. And of course, music changes everything in a film. 
Uh, I was curious too. You mentioned you know being influenced by so many uh, American filmmakers. I was just wondering, sort of yourself and also um, other filmmakers in France that you know your colleagues with. Are, are you very influenced by American cinema? And did you grow up watching uh, quite a bit of it? Of course, of course, of course. Most of my influence are American, with no doubt. Uh, I, I've been obsessed by, of course, by Kubrick and by by. Um, John Huston, you know, John Huston, uh, the film like uh, uh, The Man Who Wouldn't Be King, you know, and the film with Sean Connery, you know, I was obsessed by Huston, by uh, The Trésor de la Sierra Madre, The Sierra Madre, uh, what was the title in English of... Uh, oh, The Treasure of the Sierra Madre. Ex exactly. Yep. This kind of film and The Misfits. I think that um, The Misfits, I remember when they are in the desert, you know, trying to catch the Mustang. Know, the, the the horses mm. uh, for me it's one of my mo one of the most important moments in my life in a cinema in a theater you know uh, that is the beauty of of cinema for me and all these characters at the end of their life you know Marilyn and Clark Gable and, uh, and Montgomery Clift you know I don't know why I was obsessed by this film the, the melancholia of this film and the beauty of the images the black and white and the, especially the moment in the desert with the that all these characters at the end of their life uh, trying to catch something alive, something, uh, uh, I don't know, it's, it's, a, it's one of my favorite American films, but there is so many films I love, so many film, American films I love, you know. Of course, the Woody Allen film was very important for me, very, very important, and most of all, you know, uh, I think I want to be a director. My, my father told me, I remember perfectly, when you were eight years old, we were on the boat from France, <coughs> sorry, from France to Corsica, uh, that's a little island close to France, you know, and you need to take a big ferry, a, a big boat, and on the boat there was a, a cinema. And my father, when I was uh, eight years old, uh, he, he take me to the cinema and I saw Raging Bull. Oh, wow. And and uh, I remember the, the beginning of the film with uh, Cavalleria Rusticana, you know, by Bascani. And... Uh, and my father told me, told me, uh, I, I can, when, when, I'm, when I'm thinking at this moment, I thought that everything was the beginning of everything because he told me, you did not say a word for two days. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember, you know. And, uh, and of course, I think that that was the, the most important moment as a director is when I saw this film. And, and the strange story is that uh, many years after I won the Pat Medor for a short film, you know, and the, the, the president of the jury in Cap was Scorsese. Mm. And it was very strange as a story, you know, that's my, the first deep emotion it was Raging Bull. And 20, 20 years later, I, I won the Palme d'Or for a short film and Scorsese was the president of the jury. I, I love Scorsese, of course, as a director, but as an author, is uh, very important for me that there is a very important thing, it is that the, the character are a victim of themselves and not of the society, you know, there is, I, I did have a Christian education and I'm, I'm fighting with it all day long and I think you can feel that in Marguerite, you know, when she's saying, uh, I love to suffer, there is something very interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's similar to uh, Jake LaMotta and Raging, Bill, and Raging Bull, he's his own worst enemy. You know, he's the That's one. Exactly. And I love this. I 
think that there, there is something deeply human in this kind of character.